This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to Hometown Radio. My name is Nick Philpott. You join us this evening as Crystal Palace make another giant leap in their history by sacking yet another manager. Uh, Frank De Boer has parted company with Crystal Palace following a short statement from the club this morning. We'll be reviewing it, talking about it and chewing the cud all evening. Feel free to contact us on 0208 123 6699 where Gerald, DR and myself and later on Chris Hamley will be joining us as well as we discuss all things Frank the Ball and possibly Roy Hodgson. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to yet another second. It doesn't seem that long ago that uh, Chris and I were talking, sitting here talking about uh, when Pardew went, and since then we've had two other managers in. Uh, good evening, and welcome to Hamsdale Radio. You join us on the evening, as I said where the manager has been dismissed by the club. Uh, feel free to contact us all evening on Facebook Live, where shortly DR will be joining us. Uh, also on Twitter at, at Hull Radio. You can also join us in the chat room where Jill will be at holradio.net forward slash chat. And also on Instagram. We want to hear from you. We want your views. We want to know what you think. Was, is Steve Parrish culpable? Before we do, I'm, I was going to introduce you to a team, but my team at the moment currently exists of one. Good evening, Joe Holyoke. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, all good. All good. Busy day. When did you first hear about the uh, dismissal then, Joe? Uh, about 10 texts I got. Look, just melted my phone in like about <laughs> three minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, as soon as, as soon as one particular person rang me, I knew it was... Um, I knew it was nailed on. So, you know, like last week there was there was rumours and but yeah, yes, um can't say I'm surprised. No, nothing I so we appointed him on the twenty sixth of June. We sacked him by on the eleventh of September. Uh, we've already made history today by being this that's the shortest managerial, permanent managerial reign in Premier League history. It just when will it end and to make matters worse the breaking news on Sky Sports News as I'm reading it now Sam Allardyce rules out returning to Crystal Palace after receiving a phone call from Chairman Steve Parrish earlier today so it just as though 
we haven't even got a plan B ready. It just staggers me. So we've gone four games, no goals, bottom of the Premier League or second bottom of the Premier League. We're likely to be bottom by the end of this evening. Was the decision right? Was he? Did he make the right decision? Who can tell? I mean, it's just, was it 33 days to find him, 77 days to sack him? Um, I th- do you know what? I mean, in business, we all make big, we all make mistakes. You know, um, I don't make that many mistakes in my in my business, but because um, I'd have to sack myself. But I mean, it's just nothing. Nothing surprises me anymore with a club. You know, um, we we had now have the unenviable, you know, more records to 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 to, to join. But they're all bad. You know, they're all. But anyway, I, I just just uh, just to make a put a downer on on things. Someone come up with a great stat a couple of weeks ago before the uh, before the um, international break, and they said that the last time Palace lost <clears throat> three consecutive or the first three games in the Premier League, yeah. they were relegated. Um, oh. So we've now done four, and at the moment, you know, I, I know, I know, at the weekend people were saying they saw green shoots of, but listen, we, you know, we were playing Burnley, and and, and for most of the part, you know, we did okay. But our chances, you know, three or four of our chances fell to a centre back. So I don't know. I don't know. It, well, very, um, on a given day, Dan would score at least one of those, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but you're saying that he's he's, he's paid to stop goals. You know, he's he's, he's paid to, to be at the back. You know, we have money, but we have players on massive money at our club. Absolutely huge money, and. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, but I, we have had underperformers, not just, not for four games, not for 14, 24, 34, but 44, 54 games. Uh, you know, we have we have had players that are average at best, that are earning more money. Do you know what? I, 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 and I don't, I, I'd like to just need someone from the club to disprove this, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that they can't. But I think we've got three or four players Last year, at our club that were earning more money than Neymar. Cool. I don't know. What, I don't know what their bonuses are, but um, oh, I don't know what their bonuses are. But uh, at Barcelona, but I know I'm sure that his his uh, wages were seventy seven grand a week. It might even be seventy seven thousand euros, which is pretty much the same now anyway. But thing, you know, I'm just um, we're paying average players massive money, and uh, I, I'm. Um, you know, there, there, there's a there's a lot. Of, I mean, if he thinks that the, that the, that the crap has hit the fan now, I, I think in, I, I wait until wait until the, the next appointment. Well, uh, I'm going to just read it if you if you don't mind. I'm going to read a very short statement that came from the club. It's a little bit disappointing that um, we haven't heard very much detail as to what the reasons why or who actually even made the decision. But the headline was CPFC part company with De Boer. Crystal Palace Football Club have this morning parted company with Frank De Boer. We would like to thank Frank for his dedication and hard work in his time at the club. A new manager will be appointed in due course and we wish Frank the very best of luck in the future. There will be no further time. Um, I would love, I would dearly love the chairman to give us a call on 0208 123 6699 and 
you know, there's lots of people out there who would love to know the reasons why. Who made the decision? Could it have been Josh Harris? Could it have been David Blitzer? Was it Steve Parrish himself? Was it a culmination of the three? Who do you think? What, do you think that sucks as pressure from above, Jill? Well, it's no pressure from above. Now, Parrish is, a, is, is more than an equal shareholder. So he can't just go and do things on his own. It, it does. It does smack of panic, um, but listen. It, it never used to happen, but but it seems that that the way the, the Premier League, especially the Premier League, which I detest by the way, and most people that know me personally know that, um, that is player power. Now, uh, uh, rumours are rumours, but when stuff goes wrong behind the scenes, you know we have we have people that. That kind of that, that do approach the club, um, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this player power is, is uh, taken over. Hello, good evening. Do we have a caller there? Yeah, hi there. Good evening. What's your name? And welcome to Homes Hill Radio. Hi. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, James. I'm a season ticket holder at Palace. Yeah. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Turn, turn your radio down, James, or whatever you're listening yeah. to. Yeah, I'm going to do that now. Uh, oh, my, hold on. My, my, I'm with Mitch as well. Hold on. Yeah, hello there. Hi, James. Thanks for joining. You say you're with Mr. Mr. Gillard, are you? Um, I'm with uh, uh, Mitch, who's another Palace fan. Oh, Mitch, He's a right. season ticket holder as well. Yeah, it's me and uh, James and Mitch, yeah. So, James, what's your uh, what was your initial uh, reaction when you first heard the news today? Surprised? Um, I was very shocked, actually. Um, I didn't realise until I've been reading some comments on the media that the decision had pretty much been made before the Burnley game. Um, I understand that uh, the possibility of a meeting between uh, Parish Friedman and Frank de Boer and they weren't particularly convinced with what was going on and there was some problems with some players and uh, obviously they weren't happy with the feedback that uh, Frank de Boer was giving and they didn't come out of the meeting very positively. I mean, I never knew about that until today, but I felt that um, with personally, yeah, I was very disappointed with the two games that we lost at home, but I did feel that there were signs of improvement at Liverpool away. I thought we could have won that and we were yep. unlucky to lose that just by one goal. Um, and if I, my memory serves me right, I believe that um, was it Luca had made a little bit of an error, um, which led to the goal. And also I felt that we did, um, we did play particularly well, or we did, I thought we played well against Burnley. I know we didn't have the the cutting finish, uh, cutting edge, sorry, uh, um, to, to score the goals, but that always happens when um, a team you know, hasn't been scoring for a few games and suddenly you get the chances, but you don't always put them away. And then the next game you get the chances and then you do put them away. So I felt there was improvement and I felt that in the past, maybe the board... And I thought, well, Frank Lebeau wasn't prepared to change his system, but I think he proved at Liverpool way that he was, and I think he proved yesterday that he was as well. Um, I think the problem was the Swansea at home when he went back to three at the back, and I think everyone was a little bit upset with that. I think that was a, sure. I think that was, I think that was the key. I think everyone was very disappointed 
So he went back to three at the back for Swansea at home. And I think that that is what possibly ruffled the feathers of Parrish and Co. Um, but I do think that it is too soon to to make this kind of decision. Um, even if he isn't going to be the right man, I still think, you know, it's just making our club look stupid. Um, and I think that we should have, you know, stuck with him for at least two or three more games. Um, is that how you think what happened. James, is that how you think we're perceived up and down the Premier League? Using your words, for look, making us look stupid. I think it does. Um, I mean, I've noticed a lot of comments on, you know, Facebook where Match of the Day and BBC have posted comments and a lot of praise was the media were the media were trying to stir something up that's for sure and a lot of fair play a lot of neutral fans a lot of Burnley fans were posting comments like do you know what Palace deserved to win that yesterday um and you guys played well you're unlucky um you didn't score but hey ho stick with your manager and a lot of Palace fans were saying you know this guy still deserves to stay in as manager um you know we've got Sacco to come in we've got Zaha that's got to come back that probably arguably will be the two best players this season Sacco and Zaha um they're they they were not playing yesterday and we still nearly won the game um I, I, think, you're, I think I think I think you're right it's he's been incredibly unlucky isn't he as a manager to lose your you lose your best player uh, when you do make a signing in the transfer window that that transfer signing isn't ready of fit to play I think uh, then he's lost Reid about as well incredibly unlucky as you say yeah, he is very unlucky, um, and it's just too soon for me. I just, I just feel a bit raw about it, really. I mean, you know, you see how, but you know how long we we stuck with we've stuck with other managers in the past with Pardew, yeah. etc. But you know, this guy's come in. He's told us what he's going to do. He's told us he's going to change the system. Um, wants to play his way, but yeah, hey ho, it didn't work, and he he has changed it for a couple of the games. And maybe, arguably, should have changed it to back four against Swansea. That's my only criticism. But, uh, you know, fair play. I thought we did well at Liverpool, didn't win it. And I thought we did well yesterday. And, um, you know, we, 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 we were, Scott Dan should have buried that buried that header. I mean, uh, yes, and, and we, would have, we would have been coming away with a draw. But even then, even so, it sounded like they'd made the decision already. So, uh, I, I maybe you're probably right. Won. James, I'm going to move on. I've got other calls waiting. I thank you for your time and thank you for joining us on Whole Radio. Uh, and please feel free to call us again. Thanks ever so much, mate. Take care. Thank you. That's James for you. There's James's views. Don't forget to join us and you can call us now on 0208 123 On Facebook Live, please leave your. We'll read all your content on there and also on Twitter at HOL Radio. Uh, go join Jill in the chat room at hlradio.net forward slash chat. And I believe we have a couple more people joining us. Is DR Kerners and Chris Hambling with us? Yes. <laughs> DR, you... finally, good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that well, to be fair. Why? You're shocked. I, oh, I'm, not, I'm just disappointed. I'm embarrassed. Right, well, hold um, that thought. We'll come to that. Is Chris, yeah. is Chris with us? Oh, I, I most definitely am, Nicholas. Mr. Hambo, how are you? And welcome to the show. Very, very well. This is awkward, isn't it? I mean, you've started hosting, so you kind of have to continue now. No, 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 no but I'll, I'll be 
sitting here patiently Au waiting contraire. to speak. Au contraire. <laughs> Chris, maybe you could kick us off. Your thoughts on uh, the news today? And obviously yeah, we, heard, we heard it quite early before lunch today. Yeah, there's, oh, I've got, there's, a, there's a lot to say. You know, and I, we've had so much contact already. You know, I'm going to be working to try, and, to try and sort of get some of that on air uh, as much as I can, as well as the callers. But um, I'm not, I've not prepared anything because I've only just got in from work. But um, so much is sort of swimming around my head. So if I, I, if I may, I want to address um, James's call there. Uh, obviously, there, thanks to James and, and Mitch for, for being on the line there. And um, I think everything that James said is completely true in terms of if you if you just assume that this is down to poor results i think we kind of hinted at it on the show last night and, and this, there's more to it okay there is much more to it you can see it kind of breaking in, in what was written by neil ashton today in terms of of de boer alienating certain players and and his methods not really sticking with the squad but when, when a manager is is moved on in this manner you know, we're, we're talking about, um, so let's talk about Steve Parrish. He's a chairman who, you know, in his in his personal business dealings, is a very, very shrewd and intelligent man. He's not going to make a long-term decision like he did, describe it the way he did in terms of, you know, we're going to have to work to gradually change our style. And then all of a sudden just go, oh, okay, we've lost five games, we're going to sack him. If there wasn't something very, very rotten at the core of it. And that, doesn't necessarily mean that there should be criticism for Frank de Boer. He has his methods and maybe he didn't communicate how he was going to approach it properly in his interview. You could argue that the due diligence that was done wasn't right. But the main point I'm making against what James said is that as valid as it is an argument, if you just think it's about results and it's a snap decision from based on poor performance in the Premier League, it's much, much bigger than that. It's about a man who hasn't fit in. It's about a man whose, whose methods were just not right for the squad. And, and probably dare I speculate a bit of player power going on there. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and without going on too much, <laughs> it's a danger, but uh, without going on too much, it's, it's all, I also feel a little bit freer to talk now. So I think it's worth saying that, you know, we, before we started our, um, not our last show, our show before that, we had literally five minutes before we got the news um, sent to us that, you know, that the De Boer's job was hanging by a thread and we didn't really know how to, how to play it. Um, and now we can sort of talk about that a bit. And, and it's obviously, it has broken that that was a, a discussion that was had after the defeat against Swansea. And, and at that point, the club were very, very close to pulling the trigger then. And there's obviously been a stay of execution. But again, you look at what's happened now and you would say that decision was made at that time. And it's just been a case of sounding out our options um, as, as we went into the Burnley game. I don't think any result against Burnley would have saved uh, Frank De Boer. When you consider that Josh Harris had flown over and was was in the stands as well, I think the writing has been on the wall for for a couple of weeks. I was going to ask you that. Do you think slightly different angle to this? Do you think we supported the manager during the transfer window? Oh, that's a that's a tough one, isn't it? I think if I think we we tried to better the squad, but I think perhaps you could argue certainly in the dealings we did um, later in the window and, and on those those final days. I just think you'd you'd certainly say that it wasn't anything about the manager. Anyway, Nick, I think you've got a call. Uh, do we have a caller? Hello, welcome to Hamza Radio. Who's on, who's on the line? Hello. Hi, good evening. Who's that? It's Lee. Lee, how are you? I'm right, thank you. Jolly good, welcome. Yeah, very good, thank you. Welcome to Hamza Radio. We're all here. There's Gel, DR, uh, Hamza. Yeah, I know Gel. You know Gel, do you? Well, yeah, welcome I do, yeah. To show- he owes so, me a, tell him he owes me a coffee. 
Mate, he owes everybody something. You know what he's like. He's yeah. never got any money, has he? No, 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 no. I'm not. So, I'm not happy, Nick. Tell, talk to us. Tell me why. Well, I, I, I'll be honest. I think with um, Frank Dubois, I think he wasn't getting enough time. I think the the ball's hung out to drive, in my opinion. Um, I think Paris took long enough to appoint him. Um, done his so-called due diligence. He knew he were, what he was getting when he took Frank Dubois on. He knew his style of play. He wanted to take us, in theory, to the next level. That's what Paris wanted. Um, I don't... I don't feel he was really given the sort of playing um, players that he needed in the transfer window. I don't think he was back in the transfer window. Um, all right, they brought Sacco. If, was Sacco a Parish buy to appease the fans or was he a Frank de Boer um, buy? If he was a Frank de Boer buy, at least give him the opportunity to play a game under him. Indeed. So, do you not think he... They backed him earlier in the window, Reed of Alf, Fossing Mensa, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I mean, I do, I do agree well, with Reed, you. Reed of Eld, I mean, Reed of Eld, um, I mean, I saw him at the Huddersfield game. He looked like a rabbit in headlights. Um, talk about a culture shock. He looked like, oh, what have I done? Um, Loftus Cheek, yeah, very good loan sign. But well, well, I'm not even convinced they were DeBoer signings or it's what DeBoer wanted. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I hear things that um, Parish was too involved with first-team affairs. Um, I just can't stand it. I mean, for me, he, he hung on for Pardew for so long. I mean, Pardew should have gone, in my opinion, after the cup final. Pardew seemed to have been given a long stay of execution. Um, I just... He said he wanted to build a club with some longevity. He wanted to have a manager at the helm to give the club some stability and... And we've just become like um, just a bit of a laughing stock, really. We're, ne- we're now no-, no worse than player power with Chelsea when Chelsea has got Mourinho the sack and the Leicester players when they got Ranieri the sack. It's just the same, it's, it's the same sort of scenario in my book. That's how it looks to me from an outsider. Good stuff. Thank I mean, you, Lee. So, Chris, have you got a question for the caller? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get where Lee's coming from totally. It's, it's you know, you, you really have got to back the boss and he does... I do feel incredibly sorry for him, particularly around the, the players he's had available, because there's no way he's had a you know he's been able to play his best team, you know at, at all. And he, he, you're clearly right now; he has no idea what that team is. He, he just, you know, pre-season prep was terrible. That may be down to him. That may not be. Um, but certainly, if you start to read some of the, the stuff that's been coming out, you know, he, he certainly bears some responsibility for it. But I'm just interested to know what you think, Lee, in terms of. Reading what's come out and, and, and not focusing so much. You, you've talked about the sort of interference at, at board level, and that's something that has been hanging around for a while. That you know that, that particularly he's been let, labelled at Steve Parrish as somebody who's getting involved in first team matters. Um, but when you look at the other things that are said, if if DeBoer is actually someone who the, the squad haven't taken to, uh, they don't feel his ideas are right. And if in particular, where, if he has you know, hung certain players out to dry, as has been alleged, with the likes of Joel Ward. Um, yeah, Martin and, Kelly, etc. Martin Kelly. And I think even Riedewald was, was one who was suggested he was given a right dressing down in front of the rest of the squad after his debut. If if those methods aren't right and, and you're not going to sort of create the team spirit that Palace are kind of famous for, is, is that not another reason to actually make the change? Because yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned Pardew. And we, you know, surely well, we've Pardew's got to learn a lesson management from that. wasn't great, was it? I mean, I'll, I'll, look, look what he done a punch in the cup final. Yeah. 
No, that, absolutely right. But uh, the, the point I'm making is the. I would have, Jar- Pardew... would have dropped him five months before that. So <laughs> but it wouldn't have fucking mattered, would it? Jesus Christ. Anyway, so. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but, but if, uh, in all, in all no, seriousness, if. I heard what Joe just said there, but Punch, at the time, didn't deserve to lose his place in the cup final too, just because MacArthur got back from injury. At the time, Punch was part of the team that got us to the cup final. Yeah, cool. You know, but he doesn't deserve to be in the team now. But that's a, that's a different story. So the the point you 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 yourself said we we hung on to Pardew for too long. So I, let's I just, think let's so. Just, yeah. Let's just say last season Steve Parrish got stick for that, and he did. Uh, yeah. And he was told you hang on, you you waited too long when he realised you made a mistake. You should have should have you know pulled the trigger earlier. This time he's pulled the trigger early for argument's sake, and he's getting a stick again. Could you see it that way? Um. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I think I just think he should have let De Boer. You got to give someone ten games, and you got to give him. I mean, he only had to half for one game this season. Huddersfield. He's, he's our best play. Surely, if, if we'd had Loftus Cheek, Sacco, and Zahar available on on Sunday against Burnley, we would have won that game. We'd have won that game. There, there was signs there. Liverpool away because I, I just think. I just think it's been harsh. Yes, I think there's been some sort of backstabbing behind the scene. I don't really know where Doogie Freeman comes into this. I mean, to me, him coming in a couple of weeks ago, it just leaves a bit of a, it just smells a bit to me. All of a sudden, this man appears, um, come out of the cold. He was announced as um, director of football, whatever he's called, um, just completely out of the blue. Um, I, I just think there's another agenda there somewhere. At the very okay. least, it's bad timing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay, it is, yeah. I believe we've got other callers waiting, so I'm going to thank you for joining us on Homestead Radio. Please feel right. free to call us again. You Cheers, 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 Cheers. Right. Fine. Jill, you, you, you wanted to make a point. <laughs> yeah. Seven minutes ago. <laughs> I, I, have, uh, I have coffee with Lee every Sunday, and we chew the fat over Palace, and... Um, you know, he really is. He does know his stuff. He's, he goes home in the way all the time. He misses kids and everything. He's, he's really... And and in the, and I've seen it over the last six weeks, you know, I say six weeks, the last four weeks especially, you know, and, and, and also talking to, to other, um, you know, um, Paul Holmesdale Cravetics, you know. He's, they're, they're down about the club. They see it. They see it more than, you know, unless you go home in the way and see it all the time and anything... That, that gets put up about Palace videos and stuff like that. They're, they're on it, so they notice this stuff. You know, these are these are these are you know intelligent, articulate guys that really know their stuff. And yes, it's, it's they they're not panicking as such, but they you know they notice. And oh, I don't we've, know. Uh, we've got a, we've got a caller, Joe. If we can jump him on, and then we have got to get some views from DR as well. Hello, caller. Hello. Who am I speaking to? They get out of the room. Hi. This is this is Chris, and there's various other people as well. Hi, Chris. Oh, that's, 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 that's Jerry, Jerry, isn't it? Hello, hello, mate. How you doing? Uh, you know, you and I virtually, even we have different opinions. Chris, the bottom line is results. Four games, three games, and we've got a lot of dollop going on with things that nobody knows about. He has to go. He's out of his depth, and um, put, yes, Parrish is to blame, but to the extent, but not to, at least he's trying to rectify the problem. We would, Chris, we would be holding up the division by Christmas we had that guy still in charge not too many problems Chris that's that, that's that is the other side of the argument isn't it Jerry it's that if he's made a mistake better he fixes it quickly than, than just goes on for the sake of it so we don't look bad he's, he's the one who's got to make the tough choices right 
Well, there, there is a there is a valid point, Jerry. If I can just if I can just to what we do, we can give we give someone else seven eight weeks up to Christmas, and if they're no good, we can fire them as well. And yeah, then what we can do, we can have someone else in for the last five months of the season. And if they don't, then they get fired at the end of the season when we go down. If you, that's if you're presuming that there's more there's, there's deeper problems behind the scenes. If Roy Hodgson loses the next four games or whoever our manager. We wouldn't sack him. There's obviously fundamentals behind the scenes that we don't know about, that we're not privy to, and we don't know yet. We may never know. The problem is, this game is about results. And if you watch the games like I've been privy to, and Joe, we both we want the best what's for the club. But it doesn't come as a surprise because I hear rumours. That's beside the point. The fact is that we haven't scored a goal and until yesterday, when his job was going to be gone anyway, we haven't looked like scoring a goal. That is the bad thing. And the malaise throughout the confidence is not in the players. We need a different approach, even at this early days of the season. Because we've got Southampton on Saturday. You hear all this rubbish about people boycotting um, the game. Do you think that our chair, Steve Parrish, doesn't care? Of course he cares. You're not going to please everyone, but the fact and the truth and reality is we've got Man United, Man City waiting for us, and we've got Chelsea by mid-October. Sam found it so difficult to keep us up last year, and he didn't join in December. We've got to change. We are not going to get better, and you're right, Joel. There's no guarantee that the new man might not lose the next five or six games. We've got to take a different approach. The reason why we're struggling, we are where we are. That's the baseline. It's poor. It might not be done right. But it's been done, and we just all got to stick together now. I was waiting for Joe to react there. But no, go on. Uh, no, 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 I understand exactly what you're saying. But, but so by the time we've played all these clubs, could possibly not have scored, because it's going to be hard to score against those three teams. Um, possibly oh. still have zero points. When do, we, when do we play Brighton? I mean, that's a, the worst thing. No, is, if we lose to them, we've had scoring. Okay, so if we lose to them, we're about yeah. scoring and we're still bottom. Haven't scored a goal, haven't got yeah. a point. It might as well just Joe, fold, it all, to you. fold it all up, haven't we? Yeah, the thing is, Joe, it's, <laughs> the whole thing is, it's been done now. You know, it's, there's been a. We've been stung. I'm not absolutely happy about it, but the fact is, you know, we talk about previous managers, but look at the Malays generally. The last three years, God knows how many games we won at home in the Premiership, but it's maybe 12, if that, out of 42. We, under Paris, under Pardew, a great technician, a great analyst, as he's proven to be now, but under him, the facts and the truth, and the proof in the pudding was, it was feast in the bloody world, um, in the FA Cup, and, and famine in the league. We are going down. The trend's saying we are going to go down because we have been deteriorating. Even, God bless him, and I love him, Sam Allardyce, though he, he sort of like kind of stopped the our home form deteriorating we're still we're just not you know we've got to get better and this guy rightly or wrongly doesn't have the skills and has been found wanting and the thing is Steve Parrish you can say what you like about him there's rumours that Pulis didn't want Saha Parrish brought him back there was rumours that God rest bless him so I say Warnock didn't want wanted to sell um, Glenn Murray first time around and Parrish said no let him go out on loan there's rumours. Who cares if Sacco? Sacco was an instrumental, whether where he wasn't, whether he was um, De, uh, De um, uh, sorry, Frank's signing or not. He done marvellously last year. But again, just like the goals, we're going to see can he do it again. We've got to stay up. 
Jerry, uh, we've got another call. I'll let you go, mate. But it's yeah. so great to hear you talking about Palace so passionately, as, as always, mate. Thank Thanks, you so Jerry. much for your call. Yeah, bye now. Thanks, Jerry. Right, I think we're straight in with another caller if we're lucky. Hey, who's that? They've gone. Amazing timing. Just Hold literally it. hung up at the last second. Uh, so oh, there's a couple of things I want to address there because I want to bring DR in and get his opinion on the second. He hasn't had a chance to speak slash react at all yet. Uh, but uh, Jerry mentioned the malaise at, at the club and that kind of got me sort of thinking about another point um, that I kind of, I made this point on Twitter earlier. I saw, I, I, I was being a bit mischievous, I'll be honest. I just, I tweeted, are any of the people complaining about the sacking now? the same as people who were booing at half-time in Frank Dubois' first game. And I guarantee you, they are. There, there, are st- there are some people who booed at probably every game who are also now complaining about the fact that, that Dubois' been sacked. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. So, I, I've been, you know, like I say, I'm having a bit of a pop there and I'll probably get a stick for it. But, you know, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, really. And, that, and that, that's the, the point I'm really making there. DR, you reacted strongly today, uh when you saw the news that De Boer was sacked, let's have your views. Oh uh, yeah, I walked out um, and then I turned on my phone and I looked at our chat, our personal chat, and I saw that everyone was talking about Frank De Boer getting sacked. First word that came into my mind is embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. The fact that we've sacked the manager four games after the league has started is just embarrassing. Take out Frank De Boer out the name and take out Crystal Palace out the name and look at it. A manager has been sacked out of four league games. If I look into it from another club, if I support another club and look at it, I'll be like, what's going on? That's absolutely shambolic. I know managers don't last long, but they don't last this short as well. So when I first saw it, I was like, surely not, surely not. And yes, it happened. And after I'm blaming the board for this, 100%. Um, there, since he's came in, I don't think he's got enough backings and it seemed like he wasn't treated well. So yeah, I'm, I'm disgusted with what's happened. <laughs> don't, you, don't, you, don't you think, though, Dion? I'm listening to what you're saying, okay? And part of me is in agreement with you, but part of me is saying to you, look, where are we in the league? Look at our squad compared to half the other squads of the lower half of the division. We have no right to be where we are. We are, we have quality players, Johan Gabay, Christian Benteke. I was going to say Wayne Hennessy just for effect there, but I didn't. <laughs> but don't you seriously think that? Because of the, the quality of our squad, we should be doing better than we are, okay, in a better position. And if the manager has lost the dressing room or the manager has lost the confidence of the board, he should go. But Nick, you're you're talking like we played thirty games. We've only played four league games, and all right, I can say we've. Uh, I can't even say we've had enough preseason games. We've only had four. So what is this on? What are you on about? About okay, uh, well, us okay, being okay yes, we are. Okay, listen four to games. Listen to what he said today. We've only had four, but that wasn't his choice. By the time he joined us, the, the pre-season tour of the Far East was already organised. He couldn't affect it. He actually said himself that he would like to have had seven or eight games. Is yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. But, that, but that's not his fault, is it? That was organised before he even joined the club. Exactly. You're saying that's not his fault. So why did he get sacked as a result of it? We need to give him more time. How are we going to only give him four pre-season games and four league games to change the style we don't even have the players. We don't have the players to play style. That's and the look, point. And look, not, not season. That, that's the point, Dior. You're absolutely right. Why t- change the system if we don't have the quality of the squad to do it? And but, you're absolutely correct. But look, he was adapting. Look, look at yesterday. Look at yesterday. We had 22 chances. And is that Frank Dubois' fault that Chunky gave it back? 
Is it Frank DeBoer's fault that um, Scott Dan missed an absolute sitter? It's not. And there were signs of improvement. It took Sam Allardyce more than 10 games and Sam Allardyce has bags of experience with teams like us. So how can you expect Frank DeBoer to change his style in less than four games and all of a sudden play, make us play like Barcelona? It's mission impossible. That's a well, fact. Chris, I'm scared. Can you jump in, please? Yeah, absolutely. So, Dio, <laughs> how, how many games is enough? How many games before you do change it? Or do you, if, if, you're, if you're the man who's in charge, you're the man who's paying the bills and you're the man whose you know, wallet's going to get hugely affected by the, the cost of relegation, if you don't think it's working, how, how long is long enough in your view? And that's not me having a go at you. That's me asking you a genuine question. How long do you think is long enough? I reckon until end of November. Especially like, yeah, especially like uh, someone like Frank Tabor, who has no experience. So what, what if that proves that it was the wrong choice in the first place? Are you, are you not just wasting the game, those games and we're not going down the Pardew route again? Oh, yeah, we, we've already done that mistake with Pardew. I understand that, but it's someone different. I thought we wanted him as a long-term manager. If we want him as a long-term manager, then why are we looking at sacking someone after four games? It makes no sense at all. Unless there's more to it than just the four games. Joe? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, obviously, I'm doing a chat. Look, I'm just reading most of it for the last time. There's not, to be honest with you, they, they need to up their game in it. It's pretty crap. Um, but Booted Eagles just come up and he's uh, come up with a good one. He just said 70 odd days as a manager is enough to know what he's like. Well, there you go. 77 days. So, yes. you, you know, and, and, and in 77 days, he's had the players at home, abroad, away. He's had them everywhere. And. And, and and so obviously someone's saying something. Listen, I heard three weeks ago that that the players, and it wasn't a player, it was more than one, more than four, had approached Parish directly. And you can see that. You know, I'm just. I mean, there are other people saying, you know, um, that that um, that he's been binned by. Um, Dougie Friedman. I mean, he's you know. Uh, yeah, I think that's that, a bit bit far, isn't it? Well, of course, it's just you know, it's just everything is. In, every, people are just looking for someone. They're looking to blame, aren't they? Essentially, well, what we we do that fantastically um, as Palace fans. You know, in the last couple of years, just blame, blame, blame. You're you're bang on there, Joe. It's, it's the whole scapegoat thing. But we're not unique in that. That's kind of it's almost. No, I understand. It's almost human nature, isn't it? Is is if there's if something goes wrong, listen. There's two things. It's, if something goes wrong, first of all, find someone to blame, and then you automatically assume that the alternate decision decision it would have gone right. The truth of the matter is, we, we could have appointed any number, of, like, and we still might be bottom with zero points. You can't prove otherwise. Well, there you go. Toby um, Reid, twenty four, just turned around and said we're only three points worse off than we were after the same amount of games last season. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Dio, last little bit to respond because then I've got to get to, to some emails and then we've got to get some more callers on the line. One of the most annoying things so far is the fact that the players go to Steve Parrish. You know what's annoying about that? It's the fact that Frank DePaul, there was reports that Frank DePaul was disappointed with Steve Parrish. Uh, apparently he was getting too involved with the first team. Why is Steve Parrish getting too involved with the first team? He has to realise that us fans, yes, we can, yeah, because he owns it, but he, he's, he has hired a manager who's responsible for the first team. He can't. He can't set up formation. He can't um, go all over Frank DeBoer and get in his way. Maybe the players. Maybe the players grow, grow some balls and actually listen to Frank instead of going and moaning to Steve Parish. Well, there you go. I'll tell you what, dear. I'll make a deal with you. We've uh, we've spoken to, to Steve today. Um, he's unable to join us today, but he has said that he'll be uh, be coming on the show soon. I don't know. I don't have an exact time frame for you. But he's uh, he's told us he'll be joining us soon. 
uh, to talk about all things Palace. And D.I., you can ask him yourself. How about that? Yeah, I will. I want to talk to him. <laughs> I bet he can't wait to speak to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, listen, it's fine, mate. It's fine. As long as you're respectful. Otherwise, I'll send you, send you to bed with no dinner. Can I can I just come in here? So just go back to the chat room. So Lee CPFC said Ed Malian reported Damien Delaney was not in De Boer's plans who wanted him gone, but Parish did not want to sell or release a player who has formed uh, a key part of the dressing room and club dressing room and club in general since being convinced not to retire. Which which again would tie in with Steve said that he gave Damien Delaney another year. He told remember he told us on this show that he gave him another year out of uh, you know his loyalty yeah lo- loyalty yeah. to the club so you can understand that you, you know you, you need to you need to build loyalty but you know but, but this is this is the other thing as well you know I, I, I did see Sammy Lee look like and he was taking a little bit of a back seat and, and, and Sammy Lee doesn't do back seat does he he does standing on the touch line screaming and shouting at people diving on the floor and getting involved <laughs> and, yeah. and listen I love that fella love that fella since I first saw him playing back in the 80s, you know, and there ain't no one that can tell that man to do anything because he's been there, seen it and done it. Only thing that man hasn't won is a World Cup. So, you know, um, I'm, I, I, I'm also a little bit um, confused as to why the, the, everybody, especially the press, but the, the, the hysterical press, um, I might say, and uh, why they're saying that Hodgson is, uh, you know, everyone believes Hodgson's going to take over or, or been asked to take over. And yet Sam Allardyce comes out live on Sky Sports tonight and says, I was asked today by Steve Parrish. And he said, and, and, and I better turn him down. So yeah. what's all that about? I mean, they, they, it's, it's just ridiculous. Plus, you cannot have a pensioner coming into the club. I'm sorry. You know, well, yeah, that that obviously is the the strong suggestion of what's happening. We haven't nothing's confirmed yet. But obviously, you had uh, you know Sky Sports reporting that we spoke to Sam Allardyce today, and he, and he turned it down as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's, a, it's an interesting time. But you got to think someone's lined up almost straight away, haven't you? Really? Uh, Dougie, I, Dougie, yeah, because you know you know I have this irrational problem where I just. Every time someone says, who do you want to manage Palace next? I immediately say Dougie without thinking about it. And then when someone took to ask me to justify it, I look like an idiot because it's just entirely emotional. Anyway, don't don't bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get to some emails if I might and a, and a few tweet reactions as well because we're getting so much contact in. And then we'll be back on the phone shortly. So if we haven't got through yet, don't worry. In the next sort of five, ten minutes, get going again. Uh, plenty of time to talk to us and to the nation. In fact, many nations uh, before we finish the show. I don't even know when we're finishing. We'll just, we'll just go for a while. Uh, so we got an email in very, very early uh, on today after the announcement was made from Cockney Rebel, uh, brackets Allen. He said, you got to feel sorry for the guy talking about Deborah, of course, but Steve must have a really good reason for doing what's just happened. Watching his face sitting in the stands with Mark Bright burying his face in his hands, he did not look a happy camper. So this really comes as no surprise, even though we played really well. Whatever the real reason, I fully trust Steve in doing what he's done. He's always said he loves Palace and all fans and players and only wants the best for the club. So for the time and money he's invested in Palace, together with all our directors, I would listen to what they say rather than some half-demented so-called fan who calls for his head. Um, 
My per- personal wish is that we give Roy Hodgson a wide berth with a thanks but no thanks. His ideas are old, and I cannot see him as our future going onwards and upwards, but this is a big if. If Steve says yes, I will accept it. My choice, that's easy. How though with all these wise and crazy ideas with DR as his assistant and Nick and the gang as trainers? What a formidable team. You can't tell why I've read that out, can you? That he's, <laughs> he's said, he said me as manager there. Did you, oh. did you? Never going to happen. Never. Yeah, never. Maybe if I go there, maybe the players could grow some balls and actually play oh, what I told them to do. That's why you're most assistant, mate. You're there to give them the hard lessons. <laughs> you can't give them. I'll give them you, just tell, you talk to them about balls all day because that's what you're obsessed with. Yeah. Instead of crying to Steve Parrish. Oh, we don't want to play this. Uh, obviously we're short on time so a quick mention to Toby Reed who sent us an email as well it's a fantastic email a little bit too long for me to read but um, he has also pointed out that he does feel if Dan scores that header at the end of the last few minutes that De Boer would still be manager I have to say I think that's optimistic with like I said earlier you've got the you've got Josh Harris in the crowd at Burnley I think writing was very much on the wall myself but a great email there and he's a lot of comparison there uh, with how Sam did as well which we talked about yesterday on the show with uh, his difficult start and the fact that he said it would take till Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready to get 30 ready to get 20 20 20 ready to get 20 20 ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. March before we'd start picking up points and he was proven correct. And the fact we haven't afforded the same time to DeBoer is on a lot of people's minds. Uh, Mark Collins talking about feeling slightly let down by Parrish. He says, I've tended to be one of those fans who've defended him in the past and backed most of the decisions he's made, but I feel that the sacking of Frank Bull after five matches is pretty shameful. I can only assume the two of them didn't go on and work together as well off the field. Otherwise, this seems a total knee-jerk reaction. Plenty more on that uh, from Mark as well, but as I say, push for time, so can't get there, but that's very much the, the theme of the reaction. Different Mark, Mark Reed says, how about focusing on the players who just don't play for the manager, no matter who he is? We can have Mourinho as manager and our players wouldn't perform. Strong words there from Mark Reed, um, and I think that's there's definitely a valid point being made there about you know the, the players have to shoulder their share of the blame. But you know you do wonder, certainly if the reports are true, how many of them will be that worried that they caused the manager to go if he wasn't a popular figure at the training ground. There we go, just a few uh, emails there for you. I'll try and dig out some stuff from Facebook and from Twitter as we carry on going. But for the meantime, let's go back to the panel and any calls that come in. So get back on the phones, guys. Oh two oh eight. Nick must remember the rest of it. One two three double six double nine. Ah, oh, brilliant. Nick, you haven't spoken for a while. What you got, mate? Uh, I was just actually reading some of these uh, the tweets. Actually, Brent Morgan. Hello, Brent. Good evening, mate. These lads can't play this style of football. It's asking too much of them. Maybe for half a game, but not for a whole season. Can't disagree with that. Uh, Jed underscore die says, all being lined up for a party return. It's pal- it's palace. Stranger things have happened. Okay. Uh, I understand we have a caller. Who's on the line? 
Hello, Kula. Hello. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. And what's your name? It's Bill Kemp. Hello, Bill. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, you? Good. Yeah, good, mate. Um, what, what is, what's your reaction? Um, well, not good news. I did have a, a question for Joe, if he's still there. He's still here. I'm still here, Bill. Oh, hi, mate. Um, just, just what your thoughts on Ponchin are, really, mate. <laughs> you know what they are. I think, I think Bill, Billy, is uh, called in for a bit of mischief. <laughs> no, I, I did have a, I did have a, a, a serious conversation to have. Um, just more regarding sort of Steve's tweet yesterday. Um, I know he had a bit of a pop at some fans. Um, and just the fact that we've had sort of six permanent managers in six seasons, plus the three from Milan. Um, just to get your thoughts on that, and obviously Parish wanting to have a long-term manager, that didn't quite work out. Was that to Jill? Yeah, hello. Hello, Jill, that was you, mate. I'm genuinely expecting Jill to respond there. Jill, are you okay, mate? I was eating biscuits. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing changes, does it? Bill, if you've been listening to him long enough, you know that's a regular feature of the show, is Jill having his dinner. Do you know what, DR, you, you wanted to answer that. Why don't you? Um, exactly. Why did he come out yesterday? He clearly, he knew that Frank De Boer was gone yesterday and he done that on purpose. If he had the guts to come out today, he would have came out today. And there's a reason why he didn't come out today because he hasn't got the guts because he knows that everyone is going against him and he knows that he's made a wrong decision. He, why did he come out yesterday? It's simple as, why did he? It's because it's just that he's not strong enough to face the fans when he's actually under certain criticism, like today. I, 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 I disagree with that. I disagree. Why did you come up today? Well, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. Before you say that, I'm, I'm, I'm not a parish apologist here, but, but you've, you've only been on here for a little while, dear, and I can tell you now that when things are good, he comes on, and when things are bad, he comes on. But we've also had him sitting in a pub in front of a lot of people with no security or anything. You know, he, he will he will defend himself. Listen, this is the other thing as well. It's a business. He owns it. Firstly, it's a business. You know, I know we all have a part of it, theoretically, through your season tickets and 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 just and through your heart mostly. But at, at the very and I hate to use this cliche, but at the end of the day, it's his money. It's his club. His name is on everything, and. He can do what he wants. If he wants to fire someone after four games, he can do it. If he wants to keep, if he didn't want to fire um, Pardew after sixty games, he didn't do it. So it, it, you know, it, it's a he can pretty much do what he do, do, you know, do what he wants. And 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 as long as he has the agreement of the other, just two now, because he used to have the you know twenty five percent share with the other three, and since the other guys have come in, the Americans have come in. And, I'm just the only thing that the only thing that does do does make me wonder is that is the influence of these American guys. I, I just I just um I don't know. Is it is it just me or is it just the well the, the cup that, final the only good thing to happen since they've come in? They uh the one thing is that they don't really speak, do they? You you know we we're, we're used to. You know, well, the other guys the other guys didn't really, did they? Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll put him up front. But, but yeah, but you know what I mean. It's we're used to that you know that was our, our way into the club, and we knew that they all kind of thought that we don't know these investors and they're overseas investors, and that will attract a certain stigma and all that kind of stuff. But 
I mean, getting, getting back to one of the points you made, actually, Joe, which I thought was, was interesting when you talked about the fact, you know, it's his money, it's his, his club. One of the things that I certainly feel is an incredibly frustrating thing in life is if you're judged on decisions that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not allowed to make the decisions you want to make and then you're still judged. So let's just say, you know, Steve Parrish wants to fire De Boer but feels because of pressure from fans he can't. And De Boer just takes the club and puts us in even a bit an even bigger mess. And he's then judged a horrible place to be. You have to you have to go with your heart because it's it's a lot easier to take being judged. And let's face it, when he's, he's sitting there and even when he's not answering people, every day people are judging him and making it, giving opinions, telling him what he should and shouldn't be doing. You know, he's got to sit there. And this is this isn't just me. This isn't me sort of trying to be a sycophant like I get accused of being. I'm just saying that this is reality. If you're going to make a decision, and particularly if you're a successful business person, it's got to be your decision. You know, and then you're happy if people want to. People will say whatever they want, and because it's your choice, you made it. You're, you'll accept the flak. But it's impossible to accept flak if you've allowed yourself to be pushed away. You didn't want to go in the first place. So, I think, to be honest, that's you go. But it, but this is this is the other thing as well, because because. Parish and 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 Browett to a to a certain point have been accessible to to their public. It, we we've been spoiled. You don't get this with the guys at the Americans that own Liverpool, the Americans that own Man United. You don't get it. You don't get it with it. I'll tell you, the, the only other chairman I think is it, is it Dara? Who's the guy that owns Peter? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he loves to, but you know, he loves to come on and tell people to fucking you know what I mean to do one and this that and the other, but but because he has the right to. And, and I think that, that Parrish has tried to, to, to be much like that, you know, much like trying to try to be a, a hands-on because, because like I said, it, because he is a fan. Look, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he don't. So, like I said, I'm not going to be an apologist. I think what's happened, I think is, yeah. I, I mean, I'm as a fan, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed because nothing, nothing embarrasses me about Palace anymore. You know, um, getting smashed by Scunthorpe four four nil four one on a crap freezing cold Tuesday night. That's embarrassing. You know, getting it just just. Yeah, well, I've uh, I've noticed we've forgotten that Bill is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got I got one for you. So we get <laughs> get straight to the point, right? So nobody really wants Odson. Who do you want? Well, I, I was thinking about it earlier. Um, in terms, of obviously, what's happened to, with the ball, um, obviously, no one really knows if he was financially backed or not. But why we went, went well, chose to go ahead with the ball rather than someone like Dice, who's probably more suited to Allardyce football. So I'd, I'd probably go with Dice if we had the funds to actually bring in a, a decent manager that's suited to our squad. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it'll probably be a popular. I told you so kind of choice now, wouldn't he? Anyway, mate, yeah. thank you so much for your contribution. No, I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. See you later, guys. Have a nice evening. Cheers, Cheers Bill. Cheers, Bill. I think we've got another caller. Who's on the line? Oh, no. I think that call's <laughs> got fed up and waiting for us. <laughs> I think you uh, you went too early there, Nick, and obviously at your age that can happen as much as the other I'm thing. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. We've got no more callers, but well, you know, there you go. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure anyone wants to get in touch. Nick, the number is oh two oh eight one two three double six double nine. And one tweet for you, just following up on what Jill was saying. Chris at Jed underscore Die says uh, to our radio. Uh, just a little correction. 
it's their money, but it's our club. Exactly. Just countering yeah, something Jill said a minute ago. We've got another yes. caller on the line. Who's that? Hello, it's Darren. Hello, Darren. How are you doing, mate? Very good. Yourselves? Yeah, excellent. All good, mate. Thank you for calling. Excellent. No, thank, thank you, you for having me. Right, I've, I've listened to tonight. I've, I've been a Palace fan now for probably 30-odd years, and like yourselves, we've seen many ups and downs. Um, I agree with... Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll forget your names. Is it Jerry? Jill. No. That'll do. Yeah, um, I agree with what you were saying earlier about it being that, you know, Steve Parrish, and I think we've got to understand it's a business at the end of the day. Um, As much as it's a football club, football's now become a business. And I think if a business is is failing, um, you've got to make changes. Um, I think it's been clear from early doors that it wasn't going to work with Frank De Boer. Um, I think some of his team selections have been baffling. I think we'll all agree that Chung, Chung Young Lee certainly shouldn't be anywhere near the first 11. Um, or certainly I don't believe he should be. I think we've got a young player in Sally Kalakai that we've all been asking for him to have a chance and be given a go. Um, I think Sunday was a prime chance for him to have an opportunity. Um, I think Milohojevic, who was a, a, a big signing for us in January, along with Sacco, that was fundamental in keeping Palace in the division. Um, how he didn't start on Sunday, again, I just find it baffling. Um, so I just think that we can all moan about Parish and him making decisions and, you know, and this and that. But ultimately, it's his business, as you said. And he isn't to blame when the players go out on the pitch and the, the manager's picking the tactics and the team. Um, so I think, that, I think it's the right decision for the club to move forward. I think it's, a, it's an interesting thing that, that, you, that you say there because also we've had a tweet in from Paul Beard who said it's amazing. Well, he's called the people gobshites. So I wouldn't do that. But he said it's amazing the number of gobshites that called for uh, Frank de Boer's head who are now acting outraged. And there's a, there's a bit of truth in that, isn't there? In that, you know, if, if it, you know, you've described exactly a, a series of faults that you had with the manager and, and described why, you know, you, you think perhaps it was the right decision. And you could pretty much point to every single game, bar, bar probably Liverpool and obviously the, the improved performance of Burnley. But but certainly the Huddersfield game was an embarrassment and Swansea was very, very poor. Look at the reaction of the crowd. Look at the reaction of people on social media afterwards. You know, people were, were livid. They cr- we created this atmosphere where I, I feel that, that as much as there was a lot of reasons why De Boer's gone. I think that there is certainly fan pressure to do that. We created an atmosphere where, you know, De Boer was booed off at half-time in his first game. How do you come back mm. from that? You know, I, 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 you know, I think that could, that's a big contributing factor in why he's gone so early. But do you, do you care? Do you, do you mind that it perhaps makes us look, you know, there's been a lot of stick from elsewhere in the footballing world, certainly today. Not at all. And I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm not embarrassed one bit. I, I think, Unfortunately, in life, as a businessman, you have to make decisions. Uh, if you run a, a company and you employ somebody and three months down the line or a month down the line, it's not working, you, get, you, make, you let them go. You, unfortunately, that's life. Uh, you know, I think Paris, to be fair, they've made the decision and he's had the balls to, to make a change early doors. You know, you've got people coming on tonight saying, give him till November. Why? It, it, you know, we're four games in. We haven't scored a league goal. You know, we haven't looked like scoring until this weekend. Um, apart from Ben Teke, possibly against Liverpool with the one chance he did have. 
But, you know, I, I, no, I, I have think at the end of the day, if it's not working, it's not working. I mean, you know, as it stands at the moment, if we don't get a result on Saturday, we potentially could be going into November with zero points on the board. And that's a big ask to ask any team to come back from zero points to try and stay in the Premier League. Um, it, it really, really is, Darren. And before we let you go, I've got a question for you. Who's the man to come in and, and replace De Boer? Well, there's, there's two. There's two that I, I would go for. If I was, if it was down to me, I'd go for Sean Dyche because I just think he's, he's tailor-made for the yeah. existing setup that we have. Um, or either that, I would like to see Brendan Rodgers. Uh, yeah, great show actually. Yeah, but I don't think he's show. leaving Celtic anytime soon. But anytime soon, sorry. Well, but, uh, you know, I mean, my my take on that is he's taken Celtic as far as he can, and he's going to get bored eventually. Um, you know, they're not going to do nothing in the Champions League, um, and I'm sure if the right job was there for the Premier League, he, he would come back. I mean, just two other things I'd just like to say just before yeah. I do go is first of all, I'd just like to say I've got nothing against Frank De Boer. You know, I just think unfortunately it was a risk we took. It has failed. I just think we weren't the right club for him at this moment of time. Um, and he wasn't right for the club. But we tried to do it, and it hasn't worked. So we move on. Yeah. Um, and I wish him all the best, because ultimately, you know, what's happened happened. Um, but apart from that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite relaxed about it all. I don't, I don't want Roy Hodgson, but if he comes in, if, and if it is him, you know, it can't get worse, can it? It can't get any worse. <laughs> great, great, great call. Great call. Thanks, Darren. No worries. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, great stuff from Darren there. And uh, Joe, I believe you were... Or should I say Jerry? I believe you got some stuff in the chat room for us, mate. Oh, no, we've got to have a caller first, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Mikey's told me after I announced you are going to talk in the chat room. Hello, caller. Who's that? Hi, this is James. Hello, James. How you doing, mate? Hello, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I've just been trying to digest everything going on today and uh, make some sense of it all. Um, I think, I think to be honest, um, I wonder if Paris has, I think, maybe made the right decision now. Um, otherwise, if he hasn't made the right decision, then then nothing makes sense at the moment. Um, I just can't believe you bring somebody in with the ball's experience, given the squad that they've got. He's given him some reasonable backing in the transfer window, and then you sack him after four games. Um, it wouldn't make sense to do anything else unless there's something severely wrong. And otherwise, either in the change room or the changing room, at the training ground or or somewhere. I don't know. I think it's a good point, and obviously I've I've presented the argument that clearly there's more to it than that. But I, I do want to. You, you've kind of sort of brought me back to a point I'd, I'd forgotten earlier, which is, in all honesty, we we do have to uh, you do have to criticise that, and I'm sure. Steve Parrish will happily accept that criticism, right? You know, because it was his decision. You know, he did do a lot of due diligence. You know, we, we spent a long time on that appointment when we could have, you know, well, arguably we had, you know, a pre-season to plan. So we took our time with that. So to take your time with an appointment and get it so unbelievably wrong that you have to move a manager out after five games, you know, I think there's fair criticism to be had there. Not to the level that people have been levelling it, but, I mean, how do you feel about that? Um, no, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think he's got to got to come out really and say that he got it wrong with the appointment. Um, I mean, I, I think it's probably if things are that wrong, then it's it's right to sack him now. Then, um, I mean, I was wondering earlier on if we had beaten Burnley yesterday, if we hadn't, if all the things had gone the right way instead of the wrong way, and say we beat them three nil, are we back to to last season with Pardew 
uh, being kept on off to Southampton. Um, I think, to be honest, there's something really wrong, and it's better to get it changed now and, and start to uh, start to get us back on the right track. I just don't really have any idea as to which manager that's going to be. I was going to, I was going to ask you that before we let you go and went on to the next corner, so you've got no idea. It's a different <laughs> choice, isn't it? Uh, the, the only name that comes to my mind, probably out of our league, would be Thomas Tuchel from um, the former Dortmund manager. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he left at the end of last season, I think. So um, He's not gone anywhere else. Of, sure. No, no, I don't think yes. he has yet. He's, he was Dortmund and I think Mainz before that, which is a similar sort of level team to us. So um, he might work, but I don't know whether he'll be able to adapt to the Premier League either. There we go. Good shout, James. Thank you so much for your call, mate. We'll, uh, we'll move James. on to our next caller. Thanks a lot. Right, who have we got next? Hiya, Simon Busy calling from Leicester. Hello, Simon. Hi, we've seen your name you, an awful lot, mate. Good to have you on the That's air. That's it. That's it. How are you doing? You're right. Yeah, I just thought I'd call just to explore one thing, really, which we haven't really talked about, was how much does it cost us to get rid of De Boer when we missed out on players like Burke and we missed out on other players, strikers. We only have one bit striker. How much money could we have spent? Was it seven? Room is seven, between seven and ten million on we, we, getting rid of... I think we were we were told from our secret source earlier on today, who broke the news to us first thing this morning, that it was five million pounds directly out of the uh, the owners' pockets that went there. Wow, and you know that that could have potentially got us another striker, where we're obviously a big risk now if if Ben gets gets a knock or an injury in the game. So that's a, obviously a big issue there for us. But but I'm, I'm with you, Chris. My, my big thing for me is hopefully, hopefully, could it be the return of the Doogie? And I know there's a lot of a lot of uh, negativity around that, but I think that would be ideal from my perspective. Yeah, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about the timing of it all. Makes it look very, very suspicious. <laughs> and I, I genuinely don't think it will be Dougie. Although, you know, maybe if it drags on, he'll, he'll get a bit of, you know, maybe take caretaker charge or something like that. But you know, I actually, for him, I hope he gets to do the sporting director job for a couple of years. You know, I think that would be nice to have him at the club as a bit of a mainstay, really, rather than stick him in as manager and potentially lose him again in six months. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a no, tough one. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to say also was, obviously, really appreciate the show. We listen every week. It's fantastic, especially up here from the Midlands. But, um, and also, got to stick up for DR, because a few weeks ago, he was called a simpleton. And I just thought that was the funniest, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. But uh, actually, he makes some seriously good points. So, yeah. yeah that's Chris. That's Chris the family being, being his usual pulling point and stuff again. Thank you. Well, as you know. well I, did, I didn't call D.R. a simpleton. I did laugh when he responded saying, oh, no. <laughs> I, I did think that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. But, uh, <laughs> Simon. Simon is, is Jill. I'm, 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 uh, Hi, mate. I'm, I'm in the chat in a moment, and there's a fella called Iron Dave Williams, and he said, "Shoot this caller." <laughs> Thanks for phoning, mate. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little taste of what it's like to be on it. Put yourself out there, mate. Brutal. Yeah, both Thank you very much. Cheers, Simon. <laughs> Hi, nice to see you, Simon. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. No. There, let's go. See, we've got him. Jill, that was a horrible thing to share. Yeah. <laughs> You want stuff from the chat room? Uh, Booted Eagle said, forget Rogers. Uh, I'm Dave Williams said, no to Poyo. Hansie said, I want Alan Mullery as much as I want Warnock. Um, uh, Sidearm Steve from someone called Nick Gussett. Um, and, and then Hansie is laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Dortmund, similar team to us. Yeah, I, was, I must admit, I thought that. But then when he said, you know, they're similar team to us, we'll be in the championship next year, so it won't matter. Um, oh. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, Gussett, a, a while ago, uh, Gussett turned around and said, well, at least he hasn't done a Ron Nodes and taken over the manager's job like he did at Brentford. Uh, talking about um, uh, Parish, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... Um, it's a, lot, a lot of people going for the, like the managers. There's a, there's a lot of names, but but Rafa keeps coming up, and I, I don't know what is you know what the, what the fascination is with him. To be honest with you, he's a great manager when he's got good players. Yeah. So and 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 that Newcastle squad was legitimately one of the best in the in the championship, which is why they won the championship. So and why they've struggled in the Premier League. I think. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, to Nick Gillard or Gusset, as he's also known, uh, yes. of course, has you know has, has given us opinion. We've actually we could go to him right now for a for a view. Oh, I apologise there. <laughs> you talked over the clip. If you want to know what that was all about, go to our Facebook and Twitter page to watch Nick in perhaps the most hilarious clip ever, where Emma Jones from BBC is out there at Sellers Park with him. Turns to interview him. He's about to give his opinion, and immediately Nick breaks the entire show. Uh, his face freezes on the screen in a kind of like a horror mask. <laughs> it was absolute comedy gold, wasn't it? It was like blessing. Yeah. I felt sorry for him because he's given up his time to go and do that interview, and and he broke it. And he didn't even find out that nothing he said got broadcast until afterwards, <laughs> which is. Perhaps the best part. I feel sorry for him, but part of me also wants to make a series of videos where we go to Nick and then nothing happens. So <laughs> look out for those in the near future, definitely. <laughs> Poor old Nick, he's broken the BBC. Uh, yes. Uh, DR, you wanted to make a quick point about an hour ago. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we're pointing at different managers, but do them managers want to come to us? I think prior to getting Frank DePaul, maybe they would have. But if you're looking at the Frank DePaul situation, do you want to really come to Crystal Palace after your chairman sacks you after four games and there's been talks that he hasn't got the players Frank DePaul wanted? We have to also ask that. We can't just now point our managers and say, yes, you come to us. We have to now, it's going to be harder for us to get managers. That's how I feel anyways. It's a, it's a really good point because... We haven't really we haven't really touched on that at all. There is a reputational thing, and that's where we talk about how we look in, in the rest of the football world. I do think that uh, that's kind of by the by. I think you'll still get a huge number of, of managers interested in managing Crystal Palace because of the strength of the squad. Uh, and I do think you know we're known in football as pretty good payers. I think we're sort of ninth or tenth in the Premier League in terms of wage budgets. But obviously, it'll have to be a manager who's going to back himself to work with what we've got because. You know, we can't make any changes till January for a start. And when we hit January, although we have money because of the, the failure of the, the, the S deal, uh, we, we certainly don't have a huge amount of money to spend uh, because of FFP, because the restrictions were placed on us, because the board are already putting their, their hands in their pockets, because, you know, costs are spiralling. And that's the nature of the, of the game now. The, the transfer market is just ridiculous in terms of the fees and, and wages you're having to pay. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to try and go with that as best we can. But you know, the manager's not going to walk in and get, you know, an open checkbook to go and change the squad. He's got to got to back himself on the training ground to have himself and the staff, you know, get the best out of, of who we have. Uh, so, Nick, you've got a point there. Yeah, it's just I wanted to refer back to something that uh, I don't know if any of the listeners had heard the preview pod Terence and I put out on Wednesday. And we actually had a Burnley, a, a young lady, I think her name was Catherine, from, who was the Burnley fan, she was extremely knowledgeable about her, uh, her subject and she was actually saying that she was genuinely concerned about the possibility of us sacking our manager because she she honestly felt that Sean Dyche 
who very nearly did join us apparently, and he was certainly approached earlier in the summer, would now join us. And for the simple reason is that she believes that Sean Dyche has probably taken Burnley as far as he can. Uh, and she was she was making the point that you know, he, she was def- definitely concerned that should we sack Frank de Berg, which obviously we have, uh, that uh, Sean Dyche will be winging his way to Sellers Park. Yeah, and I have to say she was excellent on that podcast. Put you guys to shame. Anyway, we've got her we've got a caller coming up next. Wait, there the caller is. Hi, who's that? It's Mike. Hello, Mike. Uh, well done. You, I was about to end the show there, but you've got it at the last moment. Let's see your point, mate. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm one of the people. I think it's the right decision. Uh, when I came out of work today and I saw that he'd been sacked, I was more shocked about seeing that apparently every Palace fan was disgusted by it and talks of people were not turning up Saturday. Um, I just think it's more than four games. I think there's something from the start, really, that hasn't quite fit in with De Boer. I don't get me wrong, I don't dislike the bloke. I really wanted it to work. But I just kind of think, I mean, I, for the Huddersfield game, as you say, he got booed off at half-time. I, I sat there and there was people slagging him off from the get-go. Within like 10 minutes of a few back passes. Same at the Ipswich game, when we were struggling to beat their kids. Same at the Swansea game. Everyone slagging him off. There's a horrible atmosphere, I think, pretty much even from the start of pre-season with Frank. It's just, something about it just hasn't felt right. I think perhaps we've been burnt with how long Pardew was left there. I think, you know, 2016 was a horrendous year for us. I, and I think we, I, we, we've all felt gone. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really great point because my, my gut feeling is that as a support, we're not we're not really conditioned to have patience. You know, we've we've watched counter attacking football for so many years that when we have the ball, we expect it to be up the other end in, in seconds. You know what I mean? And the, the the moment we try to actually retain a bit of possession and knock it around, you know, people get bored. And that's what it was for, for me. There was boredom at the ground. And that and that really quickly turned nasty, as you've said. And I don't like it. I, you know, it's a little bit like people talking about long-termism as managers. Now, if, you, if, if we're sitting here in the 90s, then that long-termism exists, right? You know, it was, it was considered a great thing to have stability. Everyone talked about trying to find that stability of a manager. But we're in a, we're in a, a game now where... You know, Watford changed their manager every year, no matter what happens. And even at the very top of the game, people are just chopping and changing managers, whether they win trophies or not. You know, it, it took a couple of months for Ranieri to get the boot at Leicester after winning the titles. That's where we are in football now. I think we've got a bit of adjusting to do as well. But yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I was say, I mean, you think for the first three seasons have been up in the Premiership, we, we got voted uh, best atmosphere in the league every season. And, and rightly so. I mean, it, you know, Sellers was rocking. Even when we were getting turned over under Holloway, you know, we, we were behind the, the, the team all the time. But I think, I say, last year, that year of... Even when we got to the FA Cup final, we, we were dying in the league under Pardew. Everyone could see it. Nothing happened. The following season, we were a shambles on the pitch. And I think that it's really taken its toll on us. Because all, all we want to see as Palace fans, we want to see a team go out there, fight for the shirt, bit of excitement. If we then lose, well, as long as they've gone out there, they're giving everything... And it's been exciting. You, you deal with that. We, we've all seen yeah. Palace lose for years. We all used to it. It's part and parcel of being a Palace fan. But you just want to see the, them go out there, give it everything and a bit of excitement. And it hasn't felt like that. It, under Pardew, towards the end, it felt like they didn't have a clue. They weren't interested anymore. 
And under the boy, you know, you're playing players out of position every week. He doesn't play the same people. I mean, even, you know, we've been bringing through Jason Aquilo in the pre-season against Ipswich. Where was he Sunday? Yeah. He's been the perfect opportunity. No Wilf. Play Aquilo. He's not even in the squad. And you switch to, you know, you switch <laughs> to that position. Bring on Luca. I mean, I think Luca's a great player. He hasn't had a great start. But for, he's, he's best sitting in front of that back four in the free midfield with Kabai in front of him. Those two, their abilities, you know, accent each other. I think they bring, make each other a better player. The first opportunity he had to do that was yesterday, and he drops Luke. So we don't have that protective player in the middle to give Kabai more freedom and to give that protection. I just, I just think it, it's not been right from the start. It, it's, you know, is Hodgson the right person? Possibly not. No one knows until it happens. But I, I just think it wasn't going to go anywhere with the ball. Even in his press conference yesterday, he said about that the three at the back would come back. I don't think 4-3-3 would last. I think maybe he had to, had to play that. But he, he wanted to play three at the back, and it, it just wasn't going to be accepted. Our players can't play it. We haven't got a squad to do it. And we haven't, yeah. as you say, with the fans, we haven't got the patience to do that because we just want to see get the ball out to... And that's an attack. Yep. Uh, and I just think we couldn't keep going on the way we were. I think it, it just it just ended up being horrendous at Celeste. Oh, I, I think you you made some fantastic points there, Mike. And it, it's it's great to you, you to you know explain it so eloquently, better than we have. So <laughs> well done, mate. <laughs> if I could so, just say one last thing before I go. Of course, you go. The, the comments it's been said a lot about being embarrassed and it, uh, the club being embarrassed. Do you know what? Who cares what anyone else thinks? I know as a person, I'm sure you have as well. Growing up, I've got to make you take an Abbey boy. Everyone and I still do as a Palace fan. We'll always be laughed at by other fans. I don't care about them. And pundits, you know, they're the same pundits who were saying Pardew shouldn't have got sacked when he basically made us the worst team in Europe. Yeah. Who cares what they think? They don't know about the club. We do. And I think as long as Palace fans, we rally together, we get behind whoever it is, get behind the team, and all that matters is our opinion. No one outside yeah. of Palace. I think we've done the right thing. Absolutely right. right. Best, uh, best call of the night. Well done. Uh, well done, mate. Well, appreciate yeah. you getting me on, guys. <laughs> Yeah, no problem at all. Everyone, everyone was fantastic. Cheers, Mike. Thank you very much. Cheers, take care. Bye bye. And uh, I'm going to take you through that. It's going to going to get to the end of the show now. Uh, but I would like to thank everyone who has called today: James and Mitch, Lee, Jerry, Bill, Darren, James, Simon, and Mike, who you heard there. Brilliant contribution from you all. Thank you so much indeed. Just before we end the show, though, we can't end it without going back to the kid, Dr. Kernas. Uh, yeah. Uh, what did it take um, us through a little a little thing? Uh, early on today, David uh, Ornstein, uh, Ornstein, yeah, however you pronounce the name, he works for the BBC as a journalist, he's well respected, and basically what he said was that De Boer, um, De Boer, the Palace wanted to sack De Boer because um, they haven't agreed on things such as teams' formations, and also the, the squad struggles to adapt to the style of play he tried to implement. Uh, when I look at them too, I'm not also I'm not going to miss out the last point. And apparently, there's been four poor feedback on planning and basically the train training and the atmosphere is bad. Uh, yes, if the last point is true, where the atmosphere was bad in training, I kind of want to stand up. But then again, it goes back to the players not actually manning up and taking responsibility and following the managers. Um, um, rules and what he wants them to do but when I look at the first two points when we're looking at the team's formation that's all up to the management I don't know why the board is getting involved with the team's formation and this is not the first time I've heard of this um, I think when Dougie was on he hinted that 
there was involvement from the board uh, too much, a little bit too much. They'll get in too involved about the first thing matters. And this goes back to the point I said earlier about Steve Parrish. I think he needs to realise that sometimes, yes, he's a fan of the club, but he's also the chairman of the club. And when you hire someone like Frank De Boer and you make him a manager, that means he is the manager of the first team. So it disappoints me in the fact that... um, he got involved with the team's formations and he also judged Frank de Boer because the team couldn't get used to style of play. We, we hardly had any preseason games. That's one. And Frank even said that he was disappointed that we didn't have it and it was out of his hands. So, yeah, I'm disappointed that Steve Parrish was too involved. Well, um, on, on that, I, on I think that, we've, no. I think we've, we've, we've talked about a lot of that and how I would rebut that. So I won't repeat myself. But what, what I will say is that one of the the other factors I, I do think has come into play here is that Frank de Boer is understandably given his player playing history. He's a you know he's a very you know he's a big name in the football world. Okay, so Frank de Boer isn't going to see he doesn't he doesn't know who Steve Parrish is. He doesn't know who you know who anyone on the board is. He probably doesn't know who Dougie Friedman is. You know he's. He's going to have his views on what's going to happen, and he wants, as as you would, he wants to be the man who calls the shots as a manager. So it's an interesting point that you make there, dear, because because I do think it'll be a, the the type of personality he is. And if you if you read up on him, it's it's quite obvious he's a very very you know some people have said he you know egotistical. They haven't said that egotistical. They've said <laughs> some some people have said that that word. Um, but others would say, you know, certainly full of self-belief. Um, and there's been a bit of criticism on the training ground. Oh, he just wants to be the best player out there and sort of shame other people with his ability, the ability he's still got and all that kind of stuff as well. But Didn't if he, he is... That? Yeah, apparently he did do that, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <Right into> <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not going to argue too much with you there because I'm a little uncomfortable with it. But there's been times in the past where board intervention on first team matters has been necessary and in fact has led to significant improvement as well so you can only go by your own personal experiences and histories if you're the one who's making the decisions and i go back to that and i always will land on the point that we are talking about people kept talking to me about all oh, the mess we're in and all that sort of stuff and the situation we find ourselves in and someone said on, on twitter earlier on today about how people will realize uh that what a horrendous mess Parish has made of things over the last few years. And I just thought to myself, over the last few years, over the last five most successful years we've ever had, is that is that a mess? Well, what the hell was everyone else doing? What would you call what Simon Jordan did? Where you know, can you can you imagine if we had the kind of intensity we have now looking at Palace back then? Because we we got we got to a. Um, basically to a point in the Premier League where we didn't invest in the squad in the second half of the season at all and got relegated. Could you imagine if we we did that now? If you imagine we get to January, we do no further investment in the squad and get relegated. People would absolutely lose their minds. Yet some people are actually harping back to Jordan and saying what a great chairman he was. Uh, unbelievable times, really. Go on, Dale, you one last little rebuttal, then we'll go to jail for the last bit and we'll, we'll stop. Yeah, you've been talking about progression in the last five years, but since the Padre era, I don't feel the same because he another mistake there was that he kept Padre too long and now we've 
going on to Frank, um, yeah, I feel, me personally, I don't feel like he's been backed enough and also sacking him this early. And now we're looking to hire Roy Hodgson. It's, it's going more down and down and down. I feel like we, we've been making good progress since we hired Pardew and then now it's just going downhill and that's the disappointing thing. So I don't know how long he can carry on like this until Steve Parrish leaves um i don't want him to leave i just want him to know uh look at his mistakes and try and prove it but it's look it's just looking bad for t- two seasons now i'll say one or two seasons yeah well, look, we've, we've certainly struggled but again i'll just fall back to the point just look at history look how difficult it is for us for crystal palace don't worry about anyone else but look how tough crystal palace have found it to maintain their position in the premier league it's really 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 hard to do it and it and particularly when you start changing players and, and trying to replace formerly successful players as well. It's, it's a tough ask. And it's no surprise that, that, that Steve Parrish and the board are finding it a, a, a tough time at the moment. Because, you know, it's, it's going to be a struggle until, until we change things or until we go down, really. That's, that's, that's the reality of it. Uh, Joe, last little bit from you. Yeah, no, I just wanted to go back to what we were saying with the board, you know, in the, the video of the board putting balls exactly where he wanted with his left foot. And um, and, and I mentioned that on Twitter earlier and someone came back, I can't remember who it is, I apologise. Um, and they said that when Koppel um, first, was first manager at Palace, he was the best player in the team. Yeah. So, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. And I, and I imagine that when, um, I bet Lombardo was as well. Absolutely when, right. When he eventually managed. So, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not a new thing. No, it's not. But I, th- I think the the inference when when Cobble uh, did it, it was just it was during five aside. He used to he used to just completely outplay people. But I think people were suggesting with De Boer, it was kind of a bit more mean spirited, and uh, you know, it was sort of like pointing out that people couldn't do the things that he could do. And I, and I was talking uh, with a few football fans at work today, and they were talking about how quick it was for the second and all that sort of stuff. And I said, you know, it's interesting De Boer's like that because there's a few really good players who have struggled with the idea that the the people that they're managing don't have the ability that they have or had as players. And I do wonder when you look at what's happened with De Boer at Inter and you look at what happened with uh, Palace, you know, if maybe he's one of those managers. It was probably a bit different at Ajax because he's gone through the system and they they played the way he did automatically from from very, very young age. But when he's in unfamiliar environments, I find it you know, for me, it's an interesting thing to consider. You know, will he ever be successful away from a you, from a group you, of players like that? Do you think we just killed his career? Well, you, you're going to ask questions, aren't you? If you get an application from Frank de Boer in the Premier League, certainly. Uh, but <laughs> you know, you know, it's 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 not a good one. It's not a good thing for him. You know, not at all, not at all. But uh, but there we go. Anyway, guys, anything else before we uh, shut up shop? Yeah, one little one, if you don't mind. I was going to ask a question. Where do you think that leaves Sammy Lee? Now, my thought process on it is if they appoint Roy Hodgson, uh, he goes hand in hand with Ray Lewington. Uh, both have got connections, formal connections with the club and everything else. But where does that leave Sammy Lee? What's your thoughts? Uh, Pizza up by the looks of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I genuinely think that 
it's best for Sammy Lee because I can see Roy Hodgson giving him giving him more of a chance to express himself. I've seen Sammy Lee of late not really express himself. He used to be uh, up the t- uh, touchline shouting at players, but lately he hasn't been doing that. So I think if Roy Hodgson does come and Sammy Lee does stay, I think it'll be best for Sammy Lee, and I think we'll see the best from him again. Oh uh, yeah, and I hope that's the case because you know we like him. You know he was he was brilliant yeah. under Allardyce, wasn't he? He lifted the players. You know, he was he was always smiling and joking and training on the touchline, but he also had that that steel that you expect from him. You know, as you, as you said earlier, Joe, that he was a terrier as a player, and he's a he's a terrier as a as an assistant manager. But I love like, him. He's great. like yeah, like like Nick says, you expect if it's Hodgson that he'll be bringing in Lewinson, but you know, you'd hope that there's room for all of them. Really, you you can't have you can't have too many good coaches. You really can't, and I think. You know the, the behind the, the staff behind the scenes, and we you know we won't get into it now. Otherwise, we'll never stop. When you start talking about identifying the right players, um, scouting all that kind of stuff, you know, I still think there's probably work to be done in the in the in the in the, uh, the backroom staff. Uh, so I certainly I certainly hope there's a future for uh, Palace because you know he proved he proved himself under Allardyce that what a valuable pl- person he is to have around the the, the team. Right, as I've started to not be able to speak properly, let's end that there. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much to all our callers uh, and everyone who's got in touch on Facebook and Twitter. So sorry we couldn't get to it. Oh, I'll be honest with you, there's so much we couldn't even read it all this week. Great to have so much contact. Uh, I hope you join us for our regular shows as well. There's uh, obviously the podcast to download on all the usual places. There's a preview show that comes out usually on a Wednesday. And uh, we'll usually do the live show on a Sunday at 8pm and release the podcast very, very shortly afterwards, where you also get a little bit of extra content and all that kind of stuff. Thanks for being with us today, and we'll catch up with you soon. And don't forget, before I, before I forget, that at some point in the very near future, we will be catching up with Steve Parrish as well for all the comments on the goings-on of late. Thank you very much. Bye. Oh, no. the club's owners, uh, the players and the manager. We can speak to a fan now who speaks to the fans, Nick Gillard from Homesdale Radio Podcast. Nick, surprised by this decision? Oh, I apologise there. Um... It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.